0: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw live from the Circus Sportsbook on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm, and he is Amal Shaw. Amal, terrific day in the sports world yesterday. Oh, between playoff baseball and the amazing comeback by the Ravens last night on Monday Night Football. Let's start quickly though at Cellular One in Chicago because this game first pitch is going to be in about five minutes today. Rain out yesterday. You have a change in starting pitchers, and that you're going to get Car- uh, you're going to get Lance McCullers Jr., who started in Game One for the Astros, is going to go for them instead of listed yesterday, or Queedy.
4: Yeah, absolutely. McCullers been terrific for this team. If you look over his last seven starts, he's given up uh, less than uh, two runs in six of those starts. So I think he's got a great opportunity in this matchup. Rodon, on the flip side, has been very effective for the White Sox here. Let's see if this offense can continue to flourish despite the day off yesterday because of the rainout, which you alluded to. Tough game here from either perspective, in my opinion, but I think it should be a good pitching matchup.
3: I did. I play, you remember yesterday I had the under 4.5 minus 105. Uh, first five with Requiti and Rondon. Now today it's McCullers. I had to play more juice, obviously, because Houston goes back to their game one starter. I still like the first five. Under 4.5 here. It'll be interesting. Both teams have dominated at home in this series. Tough to play the Astros in this spot, I think, because of that. Yeah, I
4: think this is one that has a potential to get to a fifth game, but I think this is a toss-up. I didn't touch this game. Tough for me to see either side. Uh, I'm going to stay away from this matchup.
3: Okay. Monday Night Football last night, a lot of nervous survivors on Baltimore. Uh, they did not play well. Um, the Colts um, got out to a 22-9 uh, lead. Then they kicked another field goal, 25-9 at one point, up 16. I was watching it only from an in-game perspective. We had we both laid seven, when they really had no chance of covering right, in this yeah. game. But when the Colts had the ball in field goal range, up eight with about four and a half, five minutes left, you could have gotten Baltimore at plus $16 on the money line. Wow.
4: Uh, and then you saw the block by Calais <laughs> Campbell. That was huge. You know, the, where the mistake that the Baltimore made was, and I don't know if it was on that drive or the previous drive, I think it was on that drive, they ran a flea flicker, or, or, or it was a... Uh, Basically, on first
3: down, yes. a, a, a reverse, uh, flipped uh, it back, uh, everybody was covered, and they killed the clock.
4: But here's the problem. Harris mm-hmm. Campbell can fly. There was not a player on the Baltimore defense that could keep up with him speed-wise. I don't understand mm-hmm. why you're running that type of play when there's only a maximum of about 37 yards for a receiver to go in that situation. Draw, a line of scrimmage was 28, so 9 yards to the back of the end zone. 10th yard, you're going to be out of the end zone. So my point being is I thought that was a play that should have been utilized elsewhere. They were running the ball effectively. Uh You know, who's the kid out of Wisconsin at a monster game last night?
3: Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan
4: Taylor. You know, people forget how good this guy was coming out of Wisconsin. Two-time Doak Walker award winner, two-time All-American, most rushing yards in the history of college football in his first three years with over 6,000 yards. To me, why are you not getting him the ball more? You were able to move the ball effectively, balance, throw a screen game. You knew you had some concerns about the kicking game. Why try a distant field goal? To me, if you could have gotten one more first down or even 15 more yards, I think then the field goal ices the
3: game. Jonathan Taylor was outstanding and a long history, a line of backs, though, from Wisconsin, right? Not many of them have really done much in the pros, though. When, you, when you go back and you look at Ron Dane, uh, James White.
4: Uh... They've had some great players. I mean, Melvin Ingram has not lived up to kind of his draft status, but Taylor so far has gotten off to mm-hmm. a fast start in his career. I think he's just a guy who's consistent, makes the smart play, uh, good back, intelligent back. We'll, we'll see how this team does. But i, I got to tell you, it felt like last night that loss was similar to what we saw to the Detroit Lions uh, over the uh, weekend. It was a crushing loss for Baltimore. I mean, excuse me, for the coach yesterday. We'll
3: get into this at up, three up and three down with our teams that yeah. we adjusted their power rankings in our minds. But, I mean, these Detroit Lions keep getting in position to win these games, and then Epic fails at the end. I don't know if that says the Lions are better or that they're worse than that they can't close the door.
4: You know, the one this
3: Sunday, I didn't look as bad – to me, as the, as, as the Ravens won, forget the fourth and 19. What, what would you have when they kicked off with 37 seconds yeah. left and Cousins has two timeouts Correct. left still? Who would you make the favorite in that spot? I, I said to <laughs> a friend of mine, him and I both have Minnesota and Survivor, uh, I, I said, Minnesota's winning this football game. I thought it's got to be like a pick'em, or maybe even Minnesota's favorite to win the game at that point.
4: Well, I, I want to bring up one point, and I'm sure many people are aware of this, but it's something that you and I talk about constantly. You're starting a drive at the 25. You need 40 yards. You got to get 25 to get to midfield, and you need another 15. And with these kickers today, 52 yards has now become a very manageable, makeable field goal. It's not a matter of distance; it's a matter of accuracy.
3: Detroit actually didn't blast the ball through the end zone, and Minnesota yeah, returned it, it, it which I thought was a mistake. Six seconds it, it didn't to even turn. get back to the 20. Exactly. I'm just going based on yeah. where you assume they'd Correct. be.
4: They actually weren't even at the 20 because I said they got to yeah. go 50 yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, it was a situation where. That was a little bit more of a challenge, but the difference was they had the two timeouts. Had they not had those two timeouts, it would have been a difference. I, I still blame Zimmer, though, for not running the ball when they had the
3: ball outside of the yeah. two minute warning and used Detroit to use your last timeout. I agree with you there. We talked about the divisions already to being decided that five of the eight of them we know the winner already. One of them we don't know the winner of is the AFC North. Ravens very fortunate. They get the victory. They're now four and one. Bengals three and two, Browns three and two, Steelers two and three. You and I have disagreed on this earlier in the year. I thought the Browns are the best team in the division. You had said the Ravens. I think we're slowly starting to turn your opinion on that.
4: Well, look, I think that the Ravens are going to win this division, but I think the Browns will make Mm -hmm. a further push in the postseason. Now, Lamar played out of his mind yesterday, 37 for 43. Unbelievable performance by him. Mark Andrews catches everything. I still have a little bit of question mark about uh, Lamar Jackson's accuracy in certain situations, but he delivered when they needed it most. Give him credit for that. But, Mike, that running game that the Browns have, and when you get Jarvis Landry back, remember, the Browns were without three critical players on this team. Jadavion Clowney defensively. Uh, Denzel Ward gets a head injury early in that game against the Chargers. He is a top cornerback in this league. Make no mistake about that. And then you're without uh, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, when he came into the NFL in his first four years, set the league record for most catches by a wide receiver, which was eventually surpassed by Michael Thomas. He hit 400 catches in his first four years. Look, I get OBJ gets all the credit. Jarvis Landry is the best receiver on that team, and it's not
3: even close. I agree with you. Um, a little bit more out of the mold of your guy, Percy Harvin. Now, I uh, <laughs> The four games that these AFC North teams play this week all look to be pretty competitive games, and the lines reflect that. I want to get your early thoughts on these games. The Chargers, off their win over the Browns, now travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens, who we said were very fortunate to win last night. Ravens are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. We've seen some Charger money down to three here with a total of 51.5, ticked up half a point. Early thoughts on this matchup.
4: You know, from a side perspective, I lean towards Baltimore. Short week, a little bit concerned from that perspective. However, I still think, though, that momentum will propel them based on the way Lamar played this past week. Also, um, the Chargers, defensively, not particularly strong, but the Ravens weren't either yesterday. I like this total over
3: 51.5. I thought (laughs) the same thing. I didn't even get to the total yet, and it was funny. That was the first thing that jumped out at me. Um, Bengals, tough loss at home with all those missed field goals five in a row in that game. Eventually, the Packers, Mason Crosby, nails one in overtime for the victory. They go to Detroit. The Lions off the heartbreaking defeat again in Minnesota. Bengals are a three-point road favorite here, Amal, in Detroit, with a total of 47-and-a-half. A little bit of Bengals money here. A tick-up. Some places, three. Juice on, uh, juice on the three. Other places, you can take three-and-a-half with the Lions and pay the juice on that side.
4: Yeah, you know, this is a game I would look towards the under. If you look at Detroit, outside of the first game where they had the comeback against San Francisco, they've scored 17-17, 19-17. and 17. They really can't move the ball effectively. They kind of move the ball between the 20s. I think Cincinnati should be able to get the win, but no way am I laying three-and-a-half here. The concern I have, and normally I would actually back the Lions in this spot at home getting three-and-a-half, Mike. Here's my one question mark. Can they mentally come back? We saw Dan Campbell almost in tears. By the way, he I was in tears. Yeah, absolutely, and to me, I have respect for that. That's how much these guys care about winning. And I don't think this Detroit team is as far away from being competitive as people may see them as being because right now you're seeing them going out there, they're competing, they're a good team. They're, they're just a player or two. Remember, they're without their third number, uh, third overall pick from last year, Jeff Akuda. They've had some injuries. They need to improve. Goff is not the guy no. long
3: term. But they're going to replace him. Yeah. That was part of a deal. That's not going. You know that that's not going to be their answer. No. So they're going to draft. They're going to get through in this draft. I think they're building a team there, and they're building it the right way. I agree with you completely. And look, you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. They owe a debt of gratitude to the Cincinnati
4: Bengals. I know Jamar Chase oh. has gotten off to a fast start, But at the end of the day, receivers are receivers are interchangeable parts. Look, New Orleans hasn't really dropped off that much without Michael Thomas. I get what Jamar Chase has done so far. But Panay Sewell is going to be a difference for protecting quarter, uh, quarterback in the running game.
3: Spread some of that gratitude to the Atlanta Falcons, too, because I <laughs> Kyle Pitts may be a great player. I agree. But they needed a lineman or a quarterback.
4: You're absolutely <laughs> right. I, I don't understand. Look, Matt Ryan, you had him. And in, 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 you know we were talking about this before the show started. Uh, Jerry Jones probably is too close to some of the players from making a decision standpoint. And I feel like Arthur Blank has been loyal to Matt Ryan almost to a fault.
3: The Cleveland Browns uh, go back home now to host the NFL's only undefeated team, the 5-0 and Arizona Cardinals. Cleveland, two-and-a-half point favorite in this game with a total of 50 and a half. Listening to people that do this for a living, A lot of people on now up to three in some spots. A lot of people on the Browns this week. I I
4: love the Browns in this one. I took them at two and a half as well because I thought the number would get to three. First of all, Stefanski to me is a terrific coach and play caller. I know there's some question marks towards what happened at the end of that game there, but overall I still think he's very good. Uh, You know, I contend if the Chargers make that extra point, the Browns might have been able to run the clock and run the ball in a situation where they set up for a game-winning field goal. Arizona has played well. Give them all the credit in the world. I think it's going to be a tough situation here. The health of the Browns overall is a concern, but I think they run the ball effectively. Unlike San Francisco, who didn't try to run the ball that much
3: against Arizona, I think the Browns will take their shots with the running game. A team that I had kicked dirt on, the Steelers, you said they were a legitimate survivor play last week. They beat Vic Fangio and the Broncos, and now they get the Seahawks coming in without Russell Wilson. Steelers are a five-point favorite at home. Total of 42, them all. Is this another get-healthy spot for the Steelers?
4: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Geno Smith getting to the start there. He's a serviceable quarterback there. But to me, overall, I just don't necessarily believe he's going to be able to go on the road and win this game, making his first start in some time. On the flip side, you've got some injuries dealing uh, you're dealing with for the Steelers. Obviously, Stephon Tewitt's still out. But more importantly, Juju Smith-Suster out. That has an impact in terms of the receiving core. Uh, they've
3: got to get Najee Harris going offensively. I think this is a good opportunity to do so this week. Anything you think about this total here, 42-42.5, it's a low total for a team with a defense like the Seahawks. It
4: really is, but I think I look towards the under here. The Steelers' yeah. offense hasn't shown you much, and what are the Seahawks going to do offensively
3: without Russell Wilson? Well, the Steelers get a chance to go back to 3-3 three and three and throw their hat in the playoff ring again here. I mean, this division might have all teams 500 or above at the end of week number six. But the detriment to the Steelers
4: is going to be the division that they're in. That's Very nice. Yeah. I think it's the
3: two best divisions: the NFC West and the AFC North. I'm all. Are you excited? We got hockey tonight. I would be in about a month. Would the yeah. NHL and the NBA start too early? Yeah. The NHL season does start tonight, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The Visa Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. Give yourself an edge this season, get a digital copy now. BSin.com slash subscribe. It's only nine ninety nine. Coming up in twenty five minutes, we'll have Michael Lombardi. What's next? Three up and three down.
0: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime, so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party available in 10 varieties including spearmint coffee and a mall's personal favorite citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also Zen comes in two strengths so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21+. Learn more and find your local retailer at zen.com that's z y n.com. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is odds on. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Ever dated a smoker, Amal? No, that's. I don't have a lot of things that I would require you to be like. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Yeah. Is a hundred percent non-starter. Did, I did once. No good. Like, <laughs> like licking an ashtray. then Get the zen. Get the smoke out of your life. Um, three up and three down. We do on Tuesdays. Three teams we upgraded their power rating over the weekend. Three teams we downgraded. Uh, let's start with my up. I thought in the loss that I was impressed with the Cincinnati Bengals. I actually thought, you know, people, people were on the other side of this game. I laid the three with the Packers and took the push. I didn't think that the Bengals' defense was really going to slow down Aaron Rodgers. Look, the Packers really had to work for their points in that game. Now, I know Crosby missed, missed three field goals at some point, but they did not move up and down the field with ease, and even when they had the big plays and got into the red zone, they struggled to put the ball in the end zone, them all.
4: They did. You're absolutely right about that. They've had a good win on the road against Pittsburgh. I thought there was a little bit of mismanagement of the clock in that game. They had a tough road uh, loss against Chicago. But overall, this team has been far improved from what we've seen in the past.
3: We both have the Bills in our up. The other team I have is the Colts in the loss last night. I thought they played well offensively. I was surprised that the Ravens really didn't get that much pressure on Carson Wentz. They were able to run the football, which then created open receivers for him last night. I really thought this Colts team was maybe one of the worst six or seven teams from the way they had played their only win against a hapless Miami team. I upgraded the Colts off the loss list.
4: I don't have a problem with that. The one thing that disappoints me from a Colts perspective, mm-hmm. had they won that football game last night, they're right back in the thick of that division race. Now sitting at one and four, uh, Tennessee at three and two, we know that Houston and Jacksonville are not going to yeah. be viable candidates to win that division. So I thought the Colts really had a chance there. Not that they're out of it, but it becomes a lot more of an uphill battle. But they played well, and you got to be really disappointed if you're a Colts fan. Colts. Uh, just a staff member there in that one because that was a game. You were the better football team for
3: the whole time. Uh, you have the Chargers on your list.
4: I do four and one. I like the way this team is going now. They've got a tough matchup in Baltimore. Even if they lose this week, doesn't change anything for me. The one thing that I continue to see, and they finally did it yesterday, was a game or two days ago was a game about Mike Williams. I think this guy's a terrific receiver when he can stay healthy. We know how good Keenan Allen is. We know how good Austin Eckler's. And Justin Herbert, to me, is going to be one of those elite quarterbacks in years to come. He's already reaching that rarefied status already for me. Uh, but I'd just like to see a little bit more out of this defense. But this team now, Mike, when you look at the Chiefs at 2-3, and three, we thought the Raiders and the Broncos would hit some hiccups. And they have, obviously, John Gruden being out with the Raiders is going to have a big impact. The Broncos at 3-2, and two, their schedule in October is getting tougher. And they've had some uh, bumps along the way. Let's see what happens with them. But the Chargers really have an opportunity to separate themselves and become a team that could potentially become a home-field advantage one in the AFC. Remember, they have the head-to-head against the Browns, and now they've got this critical matchup against the Ravens.
3: And rounding out your three-up, them boys. Them boys, them (laughs) Dallas Cowboys. You know how much I hate to put the Cowboys
4: on here. My favorite team always when I was covering the Cowboys was whoever was playing the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys. Uh, But the one thing you got to give Dallas credit, they have gone back to running the football. Zeke is running the ball effectively, and we see Pollard, great change of pace back. They're doing a really nice job. Uh, With him, they run a little bit more on the perimeter. And then the receiving game we know is going to be there. This is a team that's going to be dangerous. The defense doesn't have to be great. They just have to be effective, and they've done that enough with this offense. They should be able to move the ball on anybody. When you look at it from a balanced offense perspective,
3: I don't think there's probably three offenses better than them. Okay, we both have the Raiders on the three down. We'll get more into that with Michael Lombardi. Obviously, the lackluster performance on Sunday against the Bears and then the Gruden resignation. My second down is the Panthers. I'm really like that. I'm disappointed in the offense. I'm not disappointed in the defense. I mean, you can't have your offense score three points and a half and expect to win a game. But look, the Cowboys and the Chiefs move the ball at will against the Eagles' defense. And Carolina musters three points in the whole second half. And maybe Sam Darnold is who we thought Sam Darnold was, but uh, I no longer think the Panthers are really a playoff contender. I would agree with the critical game coming up this weekend against the 2-3 mm-hmm. and three Vikings. Uh, Minnesota the wrong team favorite in that game. The Panthers a small favorite. I thought the Vikings should be
4: favored. Not on the I, road. No, I, I think Carolina should be, still be the home favorite. Minnesota yes. to me has been in games, but again, they've got the Nebraska Cornhusker problem. They can't close out football games, so I have a concern there. But I, I'm with you. Darnold to me leaves a lot to be de- desired. I think he's who he is. I, I think the reality of it is you're trying to make people are trying to make him into something more than he is. He's just a good quarter. I mean, he's a good serviceable quarterback. I shouldn't even say good. That's the wrong word choice. He's a serviceable quarterback, but he's not going to win you anything. I, he misses open targets. He had some opportunities against this Philly defense, couldn't take advantage of it. Give Philadelphia credit; they hung around long enough despite the troubles on their offense,
3: and they won the game. I don't even know if he's serviceable. That's fair. He's never won anything.
4: Yeah, and we, we, you know, I should
3: correct. I, just, I remember all those turnovers against Ohio State, and I remember exactly. Eight five, I mean, the disappointing seasons with USC, and, and the pros he hasn't done. I just, I don't know that he's the. I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater. I told you from the beginning; it's not even close.
4: Yeah. You look—you look at when Bridgewater's in there. This Denver team was affected. Now, granted, they played some weaker he opponents them
3: even this week. I exactly, thought that they, game came was with the, they came over. <laughs> they came within—they had a
4: goal to go yeah. situation. So, I mean, it's not like with Teddy, two gloves are out of it. I think protecting the football is so important. We're going to have Michael Lombardi on. He knows he—he he worked under Bill Parcells. That's all Bill Parcells ever preached: protect the football. You can't win the ball. If, you
3: can't win the game if you don't have the ball. And then my final down is the Ravens. We talked about it in the Monday night game. The defense let me down. I thought they could get a lot more pressure on the quarterback. And really, the offense was lackluster for three quarters as well. They've been living on the edge. I mean, look, I get it. If you're a Ravens fan, you're getting your money's worth for every
4: game. I mean, these are going to overtime. These are going to the end. But the, this team is sitting at, what, 4-1? Uh, and one? Probably should be 2-3. and three. Your second down is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I just don't know mentally and emotionally if you can come back. You know, it's, it's in any situation. If somebody's berated or beaten down for so long, they're going to have a hard time getting up. It's like a boxer. You take so many punches, and the cumulative effect goes into play. And I feel like that with the Detroit Lions, I thought they were really impressive the way they competed after that Ravens game. This was a game, they come from behind, they're trailing throughout the majority of the game. They have an opportunity, 37 seconds, they just can't get the one stop. I would have liked to have seen them bring a blitz pressure like we did yesterday out of Don Martindale and the Ravens against Baltimore, excuse me, against the Colts. To me... They, they
3: allowed this one to slip through their fingers. This game, they probably should have won. I mean, you look at their games. I mean, they were ahead at halftime in Green Bay in that game. Yep. They had all those first and goals they didn't score points on in Chicago. Yes. Unfortunately. I mean, they're competitive. Even they're 9, 10-point dogs in these games. They
4: really are. And give them credit. And I think that's a sign, as you alluded to earlier, they're probably not as far away from being a far more competitive team. I'm not going to sit there and say they're a playoff team but they probably need a player or two
3: that can get them going in the right direction. What surprised me the most in Minneapolis was that Minnesota couldn't pull away from them in the second half. Yeah, they couldn't absolutely. put any more points on the board, and it remained a one-possession game for so long. And then your last down 49ers.
4: Yeah, San Francisco, the injuries are starting to mount up. Obviously, we know Kittle was out, and then you look at Jimmy Garoppolo being in now. Trey Lance has an injury as well. They've got an elite, and I mean elite receiver in Debo Samuel. He's unbelievable. I like Brandon Ayuk. He's starting to come on a little bit. But I just don't see them having the play at quarterback, which they need to be able to win in a very competitive division. I mean, you look at this division. Okay, Seattle, we know, is going to probably fall uh, go towards the basement. But the Rams and, of course, the Arizona Cardinals, Mike, it's going to be a real challenge in this division for San Francisco. I still think because the NFC East, the NFC South are so weak and the NFC North, San Francisco is not out of playoff contention if they can get healthy at the quarterback position.
3: Well, we're going to play more Wilder, right, for games we didn't cover yesterday yep. in college football. I want to talk about the adjusted uh, national championship odds, though, I like it. Um, at, at this time. Georgia uh, becomes the favorite uh, now to win the national championship, sitting at number one in the polls after the Alabama loss. they are now even money to win it. You can lay uh, minus 130. Now, these are here at Circa. Minus 130 on the no. Alabama... Plus three ninety four, but in other places like at Caesars, they're only plus two dollars. Uh, lay the no here at Circus minus five sixty four. Ohio State, your third choice at six to one. Oklahoma sixteen to one. Then Iowa, Michigan, and Cincinnati are all twenty six to one. There's different variations of this at different books. Some you have Iowa and Michigan twenty to one, Cincinnati thirty to one. Here's my first question: Does Alabama's loss at Texas A and M really mean anything to Georgia's chances of winning a national championship? None whatsoever, except if they beat Alabama in the SEC title game, is Alabama out of the playoff with two losses?
4: Yes, I believe they are. Now, we, right. we, depending on what happens in the other leagues, mm. let's say if in the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Big 10, you wind up with teams with two losses. Uh, but I think, uh, assuming Alabama runs the schedule the rest of the way, it gets to Atlanta, and if Georgia beats them, I think the Crimson Tide are out of it. Is
3: Alabama worth a play at 4-1 to one right now? They, they yeah. have to win. You have to beat Georgia twice, right?
4: Uh, in essence, to yeah. win the I mean, assuming right? <laughs> you you know, depending on how the playoff shakes out, but okay. absolutely, I don't think it's a bad play. I mean, these are better odds than we've seen all season with them. Remember, they started the season at around two, two and a half to one. You've gotten a little bit better odds. Now they've got to run the table. The schedule is very manageable. Obviously, you've got to get through that SEC championship, and that's where the hiccup is.
3: Is Cincinnati at twenty-five or thirty to one worth of play? And the fact that if they run the table, they're going to be in, and then at that point, you can get off of them. I would agree with you. Yes. Now, my concern is to make the playoff, but. I think you made a great point yesterday. Texas losing that big lead to Oklahoma really hurt Cincinnati. Well, it does
4: because I think now Oklahoma's
3: got a situation where they're going to be able to run the table, and I don't think Oklahoma will
4: play as poorly in a rematch, potentially, against Texas as they did the first time around. Can a one-loss Oklahoma
3: Big 12 champion make the playoff? I think so because the Pac-12, we'll see if there's only a one-loss team out there. All right, when we come back, we'll have Michael Lombardi.
0: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Get in on the Bellator 268 action for free with Bellator MMA Prediction Challenge. Answer questions about how you think it'll all go down on October 16th for your shot to win up to $5,000. Head to DraftKings.com forward slash Showtime now to make your predictions before the fight begins. Who will be one step closer to claiming the light heavyweight throne? Don't miss the light heavyweight World Grand Prix semifinals on Saturday, October 16th, live on Showtime. Terms and conditions apply and other eligibility restrictions apply.
3: See for details. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Michael Lombardi from the Lombardi line will be joining us shortly. Amal, MVP update. Um, Matthew Stafford was the favorite here at Circa, going into, uh, going into week number five at 5-1. to one. He dropped down a bit after the performance in Seattle. Josh Allen. Big night on Sunday night football in Kansas City becomes your new favorite plus four fifty. Remember
4: yesterday on the show we said Lamar Jackson. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson had the best game of any quarterback all year in the NFL.
3: He, he's going to be right up there. It's going to come down to which team performs the best at the you end. You see the Carson Wentz stats. Carson Wentz set career highs in like nineteen different offensive categories. Well, it helps when you don't uh, when you don't <laughs> tackle from the Ravens defense. Kyler Murray. I'm concerned. I would not want to have a Kyler Murray MVP ticket. And the fact that I think he's starting to show some signs of wear and tear already after five weeks. Remember, our guest Michael Lombardi said at the draft, he called him the mayor of Munchkinville, right? He was concerned about his size for a quarterback that runs and takes hits if he'd be able to withstand that much in a 17-game NFL season. Now,
4: Remember, Kyler's a baseball player as well. He's a guy that Mm. the ability to slide, he gets down very quickly. Nobody ever gets that clear shot on him. He's like Lamar Jackson. How about Dak?
3: You said before the season... You, you said before the season you'd bet Dak to have the most passing yards in the NFL. I, I think you're on pace so far. I
4: yeah, mean, I think he's right up there. I think if yeah, I'm not mistaken, Tom Brady's the leader right now, yeah. but I think Dak is the guy that's going to be able to put up some yards, but the running game has been tremendously effective.
3: All right, we welcome in at this time our friend Michael Lombardi, host of the Lombardi line here on VEASAN, a uh, Super Bowl-winning executive with a world of experience. He's worked with all of the greats in the game, really. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm great, guys. Good morning to both of you. Michael, I want to start off with obviously the big news last night. John Gruden's resignation as head coach of the Raiders following the emails and what was revealed some of his choice of language and attitudes. I want to ask you, where does the organization go from here? I mean, the front office was basically vacated with Mark Bedane leaving, Brandon Dahl leaving, the CFO left. Now Gruden's out. And what role do you think Marcel Reese, the former running back, will have? He's a senior advisor there. mark davis gruden never really wanted him involved in football operations will he take a role in football operations now
5: you know i don't know i mean right now gruden had all the authority and that left when he resigned last night so you know that means mike mayock who had the title of general manager but really wasn't the general manager i mean gruden ran everything so it'll be interesting to see how they delineate those responsibilities do they give it to mayock Do they give it to someone else? Do they start a search for a new coach? I I think this is kind of up in the air. Obviously, completely unexpected on Mark Davis. But here's what I do know about Mark Davis. He will rely on the Raider Nation. He will rely on the alumni to help him. You know, John Madden's probably not someone he can rely on right now. I don't know where John health is. But typically, he would turn to someone like Madden, someone like Flores, guys from the past to help guide him through this situation.
4: Michael, the Raiders are playing at Denver this weekend. From a betting perspective, the line's gone from three to three and a half. How much of an impact and how does this impact the game plan and how the Raiders potentially perform on the field from your perspective?
5: Well, the way they played against Chicago, I mean, they can't get any worse, right? I mean, they were horrible against Chicago. They let, you know, they they had to stop the running game. They couldn't do that. You know, you get beat by a quarterback who throws for 111 yards on your own turf. You're obviously not playing with a lot of physicality and intensity. So, you know, Basacci, what I think the reason he got the job is because Greg Olson will call the plays. Gus Bradley will call the defense. Basacci will make the, make the plays. I mean, this is going to come down to Olson and Johnny Morton, their wide receiver coach, coming up with a game plan. But Gruden typically did that. Gruden typically called the game. And Gruden coached the quarterback. I mean, there's a huge void here. I mean, Gruden was head coach, general manager, quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. Now, he did nothing with the defense or the kicking game. So that'll stay the same. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do offensively. And look, this offensive line is problematic. They put Leatherwood, who they drafted in the first round. They had to put him in a right guard. He was terrible. They put the Parker kid, who they drafted in the third round when John was there. He tried to play right tackle. They never gave any help against Khalil Mack. And Khalil Mack destroyed the game. If they do that against Von Miller, it'll be a long day.
3: Michael, a very strange box score was the, the game in SoFi between the Browns and the Chargers where the Browns held the ball for over 36 minutes. End up losing the game. They had a lot of key players out. They go home now to host the only undefeated team in the league, the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray starting to show some signs of wear and tear. The Browns were two and a half, touching three in some spots. Do you like the Browns at home this weekend?
5: You know, I do. I think, but the Browns lost two of their tackles too in the game. They lost Conklin and Wurfs didn't play in the game. So, or Willis, I mean, I get Willis and Worth confused, but Willis didn't play in the game. And that's concerning to me. Those two tackles, especially against Chandler Jones, you know, when you're dealing with all the pass rush, and Baker's got to play better in a drop back pass game. And his numbers were incredible. But that two-minute drill at the end of the game was one of the worst two-minute drills I've seen. I do like the Browns. I think their defense up until that point had played really well. And Miles Garrett was dominating the game, but in that game, the Chargers did a really good job of making big explosive plays down the field. But I'm with you. I think Kyler Murray was hurt in that 49er game. He did not look the same. And I, and I think we've often seen this before. When he's beat up or he's hurt in a body part, he's not the same electrifying player that we saw at the beginning of the season. I would like the Browns here probably. I'm going to work on my numbers today and see what it comes up with.
4: Michael, the Baltimore Ravens were very fortunate to escape the game against the Colts last night, escape uh, against the Detroit Lions. They're sitting at 4-1. and one. Are, Is this team probably realistically more of a 3-2 and two type of team, a near the upper echelon but quite not the upper echelon of the AFC? How do you see the Ravens going forward? Well, I mean, they couldn't
5: stop them last night at all. I mean, they just couldn't stop them. I'm, I'm, I, you know, it was really kind of unbelievable how the Ravens hit, couldn't even never got control of that game. That was a perfect example of a team never being in control, never being in the lead, and then finding a way to win it at the end. You know, and if they would have punted it back in, in the overtime, the, the, the Colts would have easily won the game. I, I don't know what to make of the Ravens. I, their offense, when they, don't, when they don't allow him to get under center more and they use him all exclusively in the RPO game, they get behind him when they play against good teams like the Colts were playing in the first half. That, that looked like a playoff typical offensive performance by the Ravens. And I think they've got to play better than that. And they've got to play better on defense. I mean, their defense was getting milked. Their front couldn't get any pass rush on Carson Wentz. They really couldn't pressure him like you thought they would going into the game. Uh, and, and I'm with you. Look, if they make one of those two field goals, I mean, they had to hit the trifecta to win a game, and they had to hit the trifecta to beat the Lions, and they got some help from the officials. I think they're a 3-2 team going back to play a Charger team that's really good.
3: Michael, before this season, you recommended the over on the Chiefs 12 and a half. You said you couldn't see them losing five games on their schedule. They're 2-3 and three after five games, and now they go to the nation's capital to take on the vaunted football team defense. What's wrong in Kansas City, and what does Andy Reid need to do to fix it?
5: Michael was anticipating they were going to turn the ball over at a rapid rate, Mike. I mean, you know, Mahomes has got six interceptions. He had six all last year. They've turned the ball over, and defensively, I thought they would be better than they were with some of the additions they made defensively, but they're not, and they're vulnerable. Now, I think they'll beat the nation's capital team because that team is, is not really, to me, defensively, they're not good at all. I mean, New Orleans with Javis Winston went up and down the field. The end of the half touchdown was inexcusable. It looked like they didn't practice against it. So uh, the Chiefs are going to need to protect the football, and teams are playing them differently. They, they're playing them as if they're going to – they're daring them to throw the ball down the field. They're saying, look, we're not going to give you a throw down the field to, to Tyree Kill, and if you don't get that throw, you can't beat us.
3: That's yeah, absolutely something you take into consideration with this team. Michael, there were 12 missed extra points in week, uh, in week 6 alone, not to mention all the missed field goals between Cincinnati and some other game. Are teams at some point going to decide just to go for two every time with the propensity to miss these extra points from 33 yards?
5: I mean, at some point, I think if you get a penalty at any time, you better better think about it. I mean, I've never seen kicking as bad as it was, and it started on Sunday and it ended on Monday. I mean, the two kicks the Colts missed were, were were relatively kicks you should make, and he missed an extra point in that game too. We forget about that. That game's only in overtime because of the extra point miss, and then he misses two field goals. I mean, if you really want to write a book on how to lose a game by a kicker, the Colts published it for you last night.
4: You're absolutely right. Very frustrating watching that one from the Colts uh, for a survivor perspective. Michael, real quickly before we get out of here, the Dallas Cowboys have gotten off to a terrific start. The defense has been a little bit better. Are you buying this defense? We know the offense is going to be solid, but are you buying this defense?
5: I I am. I mean, I think they've played much better. I thought Dan Quinn's done a good job of changing what he's done. He's not playing just one front, one coverage. He's moved away a little bit from the Gus Bradley, the Pete Carroll scheme, and they're playing hard, and they're playing without their best player, the Lawrence Grant. I mean, look, Randy Gregory's playing outstanding for them, and they got him back in there, so... You know the one thing I do know about the Cowboys, unless they turn this ball over, they're going to get. They're going to get the score is going to be in the twenties. It's going to be hard to hold them to under thirty points.
3: Michael, thank you for the time. I want everyone to check out your website, Odds on Lombardi. You post your official recommendations each week. I know the public demanded it, so they they know what you were on and they could make their plays early.
5: Thanks, Mike. I appreciate. It. They're on Visa too, so thank you so much, Mike.
3: Thank you, Michael. Up next: Major League Baseball playoffs and Wilder Wright in college football.
0: if you dare.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it,
3: like that, see that.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember mean, you came out of him crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock.
3: He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what you know? I told you? I said, I said, OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college didn't need it.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is Odds
0: On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN the Sports Betting Network.
4: Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same-game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their reduced the juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a one million dollar beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at play sugarhouse.com in New Jersey must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1 800 gambler, Indiana 1 800 9 with it. Colorado 1 800 522 4700, Michigan 1 800 270 7117, Virginia 1 888 532 and Iowa call 1 800 bets off.
3: Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's the Mall Shaw. Rain out in Chicago, so we both had only one play yesterday and we took the L. Ravens win by six in overtime. We were laying seven them all. When you lose like that, that's not taking an L. That's like oh, we a double took, L. We took it. was over well, early. I'm glad it was one unit <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah. Uh NHL starts tonight. We mentioned that terrific hockey guide by our expert, Andy McNeil. I'm going to take the Knights tonight. They open at home here at T-Mobile against the Kraken. I think the Kraken are going to be really bad. I just think I this is an awful agree team. With you. Yeah, an I agree awful with you. team. I'll lay a goal and a half minus one oh five just to have some hockey action. The other game is the Pittsburgh goes to a Tampa. Tampa.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, another Stanley Cup there for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Uh, I agree that the Kraken are going to really struggle this year. You like Robin Leonard net for
3: the Knights? I don't. I don't at all. And I don't, I do, uh, personally, I don't think Robin Leonard will be there at the end of the year. Um, wow. But, uh, or at least he won't be their number one goaltender by the end of the year. But we'll see. I just think the Kraken, low total, too, five and a half on this game tonight. Uh, I guess they're expecting the Knights to put up four, maybe. Uh, You have a play for us today. Yeah,
4: going to go under 8.5 between the Brewers and the um, Atlanta Braves here. This Brewers team has really struggled, Mike. Just two runs so far in 27 innings. Uh, Also, I like Charlie Morton on the mound in this one. Atlanta has not been prolific offensively either. They've managed to score seven runs in this series. Going to take the under with both of these guys, Lauer versus Morton in this matchup. I believe this game goes at 2.05 Pacific, 5.05 Eastern time.
3: you like the Braves to close it out here?
4: I do. I think so. I think the offense is better. That was the one concern I had with Milwaukee coming into the series. These guys couldn't hit all year long. They just had no offense. Uh, Christian Yelish has not performed at the level he had a couple of years ago. Uh, they're going to need someone like him to uh, step up. Uh, you know, They just have not had the consistency.
3: I thought Kevin Cash made a mistake yesterday, Amal. If he was going to use Shane McClanahan, who started in Game 1 for him, why not start him? That's the role the kid is familiar with. Instead, he starts Colin McHugh. He only allows McHugh to go two innings. Then he brings uh, Clanahan in in the third to give up those runs. They fall behind five to nothing. I think sometimes they get too cute. They do. Um,
4: in the extra innings, not extra innings, in the bottom of the ninth, when they stole second base, I almost thought you were forced. You have to walk. You have to walk Kike mm-hmm. Hernandez. You have to. Even those Rafael Devers. I know. You need the force out at home, and granted, the ball was hit as a fly
3: ball, and they yeah. they got home on that one. But doesn't change the point, though. No, I think you have to you have to walk them. I, I do too. It's too hard a tag play at home. It really is, and the it's ball's got to be for so the accurate and yeah. the slide. I mean, it's it's almost like a second and a half difference between a force and a tag play. To me. The the other thing is,
4: if you get a good ground ball hit at you, you can turn, turn two. two. You, you might yeah. go home to first two. Yeah, it's absolutely.
3: A, if, um, terrific performance by Alex Wood. Terrific performance by the the San Francisco Giants. Bullpen, they beat Max Scherzer, one to nine. That was a great game to watch last night. I, as a fan, you keep waiting for the shoe to drop and the Dodgers to overcome the Giants. Your 106 win Dodgers face elimination tonight. Desclafani, the Italian stallion, goes for the Giants. We still don't know who Davey Roberts is going to put on the bump. I think it's going to be Gonsolin, and it'll be mostly a bullpen game. Although Gonsolin can give you maybe give you five. I don't know. Walker Bueller's only on three days rest.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't want to go with Walker Bueller no. in this particular spot, especially he's had a struggles. we saw Buster Posey on a 3-1, uh, 3-0 one, pitch, or it was a 3-1, I don't remember, but I, I said I would have walked Buster there. Yeah. Take my chances with Lamont Wade on deck, and they didn't do that. A uh, good opportunity here. Dodgers last night, uh, I thought Gavin Lux put a charge in the ball. He Game hit of- it out, but the wind <laughs> was
3: so steady. I mean, you saw the center fielder stop, almost fall yeah. on the track because he was going to the wall to try to make a play, and the ball barely got to the track.
4: I thought Dugger was going to overrun the ball, yeah, he, yeah. and um, did a nice job of well, recovering hit it out. I mean, yeah, you did. saw his
3: Im- immediate reaction; he couldn't, be- and then the astonishment on his face.
4: I'll tell you what, though, give Alex Four and two thirds of an inning uh, would credit in that one. I thought he'd go four and one third. He gets that extra out there, but again. Uh, the Dodgers had a couple opportunities, and the play
3: by Brandon Crawford was critical. How about the Dodgers are a sixty favorite? We don't even know who's starting for him tonight against Disco Fund. Is the right way to play the Dodgers, if you think you're going to win tonight, to bet them to win the pennant at plus 320? No, because are you completely convinced they're winning in San Francisco in Game, in game I, 5 I, on Thursday? I like their chances, though. You'll have Bueller if he doesn't go tonight. Against who's pitching for the Giants? Uh, Logan Webb, probably. Yeah.
4: You want to go against Logan? Well, they haven't lost the game in San Francisco with him this year. I think it's a toss up. It's,
3: I mean, Bueller was a dollar fifteen in game one. I mean, it's probably gonna be the same again, right? He's gonna be a small road favorite. I'm just saying you're getting three to one. They're gonna be favorite over the Braves. They're gonna be a three to one favorite over the Braves if they win the game. Listen, I'm saying from a betting perspective, is the right way to play the Dodgers if you think they win tonight plus three twenty. I, okay. I
4: don't think they're a slam
3: dunk to win game I don't think they're slam dunk to win game five their fair. I don't think they're a slam dunk either. But I, but I, but I'm just doing the math on this oh, thing. No, All right, that, listen.
4: From that state, look here's yeah, here, here's a here's a, yeah. here's a play that you could actually make. You take the giant uh, the the Dodgers at plus three twenty. You said take the Dodgers at and plus three twenty. Take the giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. At take plus 105 the, uh, <laughs> Exactly yeah. right. Yeah,
3: cover <laughs> your whole bet. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's go to this popular segment that we have Wilder Wright yeah. on these college football lines. We only were able to get to uh, about a dozen games yesterday. All right. Let's stay in the SEC where we ended off yesterday. Ole Miss. Goes to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. I don't think you can make the total high enough in this game. The Lane Train is laying three points on the road here. I saw this total as high as 84.5. It's anywhere between 81 and 84.5. Like I said, I don't know if you can make it too high. Let's first talk about the side. Is Old Miss minus three Wilder right?
4: No, I think that's correct. Um, maybe three, four. Uh, a yeah. very uh, close number to me is correct on this one. The total, i got to tell you right now, I think this line's going to hit about 84 by kickoff. Yeah. I don't see a scenario where these guys are really limited underneath. You, you look in that Arkansas game. It was a very slow first quarter and even a slow first half. The to,
3: so the first, uh, you know how I play end games. Yeah. The first half total was 35. Yeah. Okay. At the, it, towards with like four minutes left in the first quarter, it was down to like 23 and a half. And, and then it exploded. I took it over 23 and a half because yeah. you only needed the three, the three scores and a field goal there at that point. And then the game just ran away over a hundred. And look at Tennessee. What did they have? 99% of the total yards possible at Missouri. And then they ran it up against, you know, South Carolina is not a bad defensive team. Um, I'm impressed with their offense. Their defense is shaky. I'd go over 81 here.
4: It's a crazy number, but in college football, the way teams score, I think Mack around this offense. Here's the thing. You could see potentially the most number of plays run in a college football game this year between these two yeah. teams. Both are going to go with tempo. I think Hendon Hooker's been terrific for Josh Heupel in that offense. Love the way Matt Corral's played. Matt Corral, to me, is the front runner and the Heisman. I don't know if you've got updated odds, but to me, Matt Corral has to be
3: the guy right now based on the performance Bryce Young had in College Station. Yeah, I think we had it on yesterday. He was the second choice. Still? Yes, behind the Alabama wow. quarterback. But they're like plus 120, plus 150. I mean, they were like prohibitive, the two of them.
4: Look, Matt Corral is a more experienced player. Obviously, young, starting his first year, but
3: he has been unbelievable. You know what I was impressed by, and maybe I don't watch enough Mississippi games, but I watched that whole Arkansas. His ability to run. They, oh, he he, he, he can really, run. He is a he is really tough. good runner. he's yeah, got decapitated he on the two point. He between the tackles for that. Oh, he, he <laughs> <laughs> listen. He's another. By the way, another
4: Southern California quarterback that USC and UCLA missed out. On.
3: Speaking of UCLA, the Chipster and crew head to the Pacific Northwest, Pacific Northwest Olympic Stadium to take on the Washington Huskies. Washington. Favored at home by one and a half, a total of 53. Is the Huskies minus one and a half wild or right? It's wild. Yes. Uh, to me, I think UCLA should be a favorite here of probably
4: about two and a half points here. I like the Bruins on the road. I think they're going to find a way to win this football game. They've been inconsistent. Washington defense is very solid. UCLA's defense has left a little bit to be desired, but the difference is Morris doesn't move the ball effectively. I think UCLA can move the ball, even despite how good Washington's defense can be at times.
3: St. Nick and the boys suffered their first defeat at College Station, and now they get to take on the pirate Mike Leach. In Stark, Vegas, Alabama lane, 17.5 on the road, 57.5 your total is 17.5 Wilder, right?
4: I think this number is correct. I think this is a team with Will Rogers under center. Can they move the ball against Alabama? I think it's going to be a challenge. You know, the one thing that's a bad perception about Mike Leach's offense, they're going to throw the ball down the field, this, that, and the other. It's basically a passing game. The it's, running game. It's a right it's, yeah, They hand yeah, exact, the ball about, off 4 yards. Exactly. That's exactly what it is.
3: And they're back is to the is to the it, they're facing the quarterback most times these passes.
4: You know, at Texas Tech they threw the ball down the field more than they did yeah. at Washington State or at Mississippi State. I think this is a situation where the number to me is
3: correct. Um, David Shaw takes the Stanford Cardinal North now after crossing midfield 11 times and scoring 10 points in Tempe to take on Washington State played well in the second half in their upset of Oregon State. I thought that's another game I watched a lot of. Stanford, a one-point favorite on the road here with a total of 51.5. Is Stanford favored by one wilder right? I think this is right. I thought the game should be
4: a pick I think Stanford's going to be able to run the ball. If you watch that game with Oregon State and Washington State, they couldn't stop Fenwick and uh, B.J. Baylor at all. They were gashing them on the ground. But it was uh, Jaden DeLora... Throwing the ball effectively. I think this Washington State's good enough. Offense is good enough. I, Mike, I, I would lean towards the over in this game, but with Stanford involved, I'm concerned
3: David Sean Company may not be able to keep pace at times. We we'll only have 30 seconds. all There's a game tonight. App State at Louisiana. App State's lane, 4.5-57. and, a half and 57. Thoughts?
4: Yeah, good matchup between the two quarterbacks. Bryce uh, for Appalachian State. Remember the Clemson transfer. And then, of course, Le- uh, Levi Lewis at uh, Louisiana Lafayette. The only loss for Lafayette this year was against Texas. I look towards Lafayette here at home catching four and a half. Didn't play this one, but I lean towards them at home
3: getting four and a half. All right, stay tuned to Visa. And up next, it's betting across America.
0: If you dare.